Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later. If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move. Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go. I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNertney at Green Ocean Global, we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend. Right, he can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes. And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation. I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out. And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John. Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out. All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below. Hello, and welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Kaylee and Josh. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, we explore Jamie's journey from America to his beloved new home. Discover how this retiree's dream became reality when a city captured his heart in this week's tale of adventure, culture, and passion in Porto. Well, hi, Josh and Kaylee. Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. How's it going? Man, I'm doing great. What's going on with you guys this week? We had an awesome meetup last Thursday. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it was really good. Good location, lots of people. Great weather. Yep. That sounds fantastic. No kids got run over. (laughs) That's terrible, but yeah. I mean, that's obviously a perk. No people, really, or no bags. I think someone's almost got bag. Someone did get a bag hit. It was just kind of bounced a little bit. Yeah, so the setup at this venue to explain is um, there's an outdoor dining area just outside of this cafe that's kind of a bit on a corner. And Mm -hmm. um, the little road is not really a road, but it's an outlet to a garage. So every now and then you'll have a car that is coming through there, but it's kind of partitioned off by by pylons. Yeah. Um, But it's like on the sidewalk. So it looks like sidewalk and then these like (laughs) pylons. And so, yeah. And then there's grassy area on the other side. So it's a great place. Except for sometimes when a car comes through. They're going slowly, but still. Yeah. So someone was kind of like edging. Their back was was edging towards the the lane and a car mirror hit their bag. It was... was Not not a big deal. I mean, obviously, slowly, just kind of... Bumped it. Yeah. (laughs) A little bump. But other than that, uh, Meetup was really great. We had a lot of people there. Uh, The location was really good. They were on it really fast and always nice going there. Yeah. So I think we're actually going to host an event there again. We're looking at September before possibly the weather turns. It was funny. I was talking to the uh, the manager at the place, um, and they're super accommodating. The manager at the place, um, he like he tentatively said, "Yeah, September sounds great," and then he paused and thought, "Like, well, there's also the weather." But I thought, you know, September is actually a good time because the weather can start to turn more in October. Uh, but I, I do get his his warning about the weather potentially in September. But we should be all right, especially if it's at kind of the beginning or middle of September. There shouldn't be any issues. Yeah, we'll just sort of track the rain. That's the main thing. The temperature will be nice, but the rain could be a bummer. And the other thing is, uh, for anyone who comes to our meetups and you happen to leave something behind, um, contact us. So in this <laughs> case, what happened was someone left their credit card at the register and. Uh, the owner came out to me and he's like, I think this is someone with, within your group. 
and um, I was able to locate them. I made a call because it was a British card, and I had just met someone that was British uh, at the event. With someone else you knew, right? So With someone else I knew. So I, I, knew. I messaged them, and then they, they talked to their friend. They were still with them. And fortunately, I got the card back to them because they were leaving the next day to go to Coimbra, someone that was just traveling through. All right. Yeah, so that worked out. Not all heroes wear capes. But if you ever want to know when our meetups are, you can check our socials. You can email me for our newsletter. I put them in there because we have a lot of those coming up, especially with the holiday season. We've got one for the 4th of July. We're going to be down in Lisbon in August. So we've got a lot of that stuff going on. Yeah, 4th of July is up here in Porto. And then we're going to have an event in... Lisbon on August 26th. Uh, we don't have a time yet for that, uh, but we do have a venue. Can't remember that off the top of my head, but we'll get that out to everybody. And yeah, like Kaylee said, just get on that newsletter. And um, it's probably the safest way, honestly, for you to know what's happening because you're going to get a direct email from us. Sometimes the algorithms, they don't like us or they don't like you or they don't like you to know about us <laughs> and, uh, and you won't get the message. So unless you check our actual like page, right? Yeah. If you check the page, that's totally different, but that's, that could be like an extra step. So we will just send you an email with the details, the details of, of our events. If you want to jump on that newsletter. Yep. Perfect. And then other than that, uh, besides the meetup, just been a good work week and the weather's been pretty nice here. Actually, it got quite warm in Porto one day, but then now it's cooled off a little bit. The sun makes a big difference. When it's cloudy, it's a lot cooler. When it's sunny, and especially in the sun, you can definitely feel the difference. Yeah, for sure. But I will say this. I actually do really like the temperature. Like I was, I was walking Valencia this morning to school. And, um, you know, it's, I'm pushing uphill both ways in the snow and no, not the snow, but <laughs> it's snow in Porto guys. Don't worry. <laughs> no, but I, I am having to, to, to push her up a hill. And, uh, I was thankful that it wasn't blazing hot, you know? Yeah. Like people, people want to talk smack about Porto's weather and, and then they experience like a summer in Algarve or a summer in, uh, well, even in Lisbon. Lisbon. Because the other day when it was hot and all of us were like, Ooh, it's, you know, it's warm for Porto and it was still in the, like high 70s. So putting that in perspective, and I, I took a quick peek at Lisbon's weather just to see, and it was sunny and in the 80s. And so I thought, I wonder what they're thinking about the weather now, because Porto for the win. Well, yeah, and that's May, not even like right. mm -hmm. July, August. Yeah. Woo! And Algarve, even hotter. So yeah. something to keep in mind when or, you're moving here. Or Alentejo, the interior, Ooh, yeah. the, brutal in the interior of the country mm -hmm. in the summers. That's true. Well, this week, Josh met with Jamie. Yep. Jamie is actually a, a co-collaborator, I guess you could say, on the meetup that we're doing in July. He is an organizer with AFPOP and an, an event organizer. And we go into that in the podcast. We talk about what AFPOP is and what he does. But he reached out to us and, and wanted to, to do an event. And we said, yeah, let's do it happily. We met Jamie and Connie whew, over a year ago, maybe yeah, it's been a, a while. A year and a half, they maybe out to two us. years ago. Yeah. And actually, the first oh, time okay, that we met wow. them was at Duarte's, where we had our, our last meetup. So that's, that's true. Funny, and they brought full their circle. dog. Yeah, they reached out to us, just watched our stuff. And then since they've lived here, they have just jumped right in and gotten really involved. He seems to be the only person we've interviewed in Portugal that might know more people than you guys. Yeah, I would not be shocked if he does. Um, I would not be shocked at that, that he knows more people. Because that would mean that, like, he has a knowledge of them. I, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, this like is not they, to sound arrogant or anything. They but watch, like, uh, like people watch people, us and we don't necessarily people, know them. Right. People know us, but we don't know them. Yeah. Uh, but, but Jamie knows a lot of people through AFPOP. I mean, he's, he's met them. He's had drinks with them, whatever. Yeah, very social and um, just goes and does a lot of stuff. You know, he's doing like language classes and then AFPOP coordinates a lot of uh, little get-togethers and tours and things like that. So... So he's very involved, knows a lot of people. Yeah, he seems to keep himself busy. And I think Jamie lives an interesting life because he, he says yes so much. Like he lives out yet the, the yes theory. He says mm. yes a lot more than no, it seems. I like that. So he's always going and doing things, and, and therefore you have opportunities and you meet people. Well, I found him to be really knowledgeable, and he was very patient with our technical issues, so definitely a great interview in my book. Oh, yeah. He's definitely go with the flow. So it doesn't surprise me that, uh, that he was very patient with that. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone. And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month. Here's a cool feature they have. 
World Post can relay things from the U.S. to Europe. So that includes documents. <laughs> Amazon purchases. Amazon the purchases. US. And you can get it to Portugal. And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters, and things like that. I bet you love that junk mail filter. Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters. <laughs> She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below. Okay, let's talk about Lusitana Dreams because what they're offering is really great. Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dream since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation. Because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right? Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location, in a livable location, until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live. And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of, of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using. Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate, trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money. Yep, Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule, and they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast. Yeah, which is really exciting. So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. All right, Jamie, it is great to have this chat with you. The first time we met, it was at a, a cafe that we're planning on doing a meetup actually next week at Duarte's. Do you remember that? Sure. So we hung out there. We talked a lot about your love of Portugal, how you're extreme fans of Portugal and specifically Porto. And we also talked about real estate and stuff. So I'm looking forward to diving in and kind of extrapolating from our first hangout. So if you could tell me, why did you choose Portugal and how did you come to fall in love with Porto? Great, great question. Well, my family and I have two daughters, uh, 24 and 21. And before we moved here, starting, well, starting about eight years ago, for five years, we did a lot of scouting. We went to Central America, South America, Mexico, and, and North America. Uh, I've always wanted to live overseas somewhere. I have yeah. a master's in international business, traveled all over the world, 70 countries, most of them eight, nine, 10 times each. However, wow. I never lived overseas and it was my dream and I never got the expat package to send my kids to school overseas, language, the cultural immersion. So after I retired uh, at 57, I said, you know what? Now is my opportunity. And in preparation for that, starting at around when I was 52, we started traveling and taking family vacations to more unusual places. But I justified the expense by saying they're scouting trips for places yeah. you might live in the future. Kind of thing. <laughs> so they all got to vote. Uh, the last trip, we came here right before COVID. Um, the Christmas and New Year's before COVID, we spent a couple weeks here, traveled all over, small country, so we could case a lot of it and get a feel yep. for the north, south, Algarve. And hands down, the girls who had been to all these other places voted Portugal. Wow. Then we had to vote where. So uh, I wanted the, I grew up at the beach in California. I wanted the beach. I wanted Algarve. My wife said we might get bored there because of all the small towns and how a lot of it closes up. And because we raised our kids in the suburbs, she wanted her mini Manhattan little, you know, city experience. Yes. She grew up in L.A., had no interest in Lisbon, too big, mm. and Porto felt at home. We were at a cafe, and my wife was looking out over Aliados, and she goes, I could live here. And I said, mm. done deal, 
done. We're done. <laughs> Stop the search. Right. We found it. That's then, awesome. Yeah. Then COVID hit. So it kind of delayed things a little bit. Yeah. But uh, a year and 10 months later, we moved. We, we moved here. And okay. absolutely love it. No regrets. Sweet. Okay. Let me go back to something you said at the beginning. You're, you're 57. Uh, well, I'm you're, 60 now. 60 now. You moved when you're 57. Yeah, yeah. Took about a year and a half to move here, and we've been here for about a year and a half, roughly. Okay. So you, re- you retired, though, at 57, working somewhere in California. What did you do that okay. you were able to retire at 57? Yeah, I've, I've uh, always been in sales and marketing. So sales okay. management, marketing manager. I've been the VP. I've been director of sales and marketing for different companies, but typically manufacturers of building materials, some of the large ones in, in the U.S., Okay. So you were able to retire and move on the D7 visa. You have full passive income. Yes. D7. Yep. yep. Uh, well, no, we have no, my wife and I have no pension. Um, so we had to kind of do it on rental and net worth type stuff, 1099 okay. interest dividends, but it really wasn't based on income uh, for us anyway. It was based right. on um, money in the bank kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. You, you guys moved at kind of a different time in the immigration process. Now it seems like they're very much looking for uh, strictly passive income for the D7. And then the digital nomad visa or the D8 is, is the active income mm-hmm. that people are able to move on. Two totally different income thresholds. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, both of us moved here like at different times in the immigration process. Okay. So you chose Porto. What did your kids say about it? And are, are your kids with you now? Are they living in Portugal? Everybody asks that. It's a great question. So interestingly enough, uh, because I desired that international and somehow I instilled the international bug into my children, my, both my daughters, my 21-year-old is just graduating college in England. So okay. she was already in England before we moved. But that has a termination to it, which is this summer. So we don't know where she's going to move now or where she's going to live. There's obviously no boomerang opportunity to move back into our too big of a house in Orange County that we just wanted to get shed ourselves of. And the other daughter didn't know where she was going to live, but she happens to be in Germany now, but she moved there after we moved here. Okay. So they're both very easily accessible, but yet they supported it. They said, fine. They, they, uh, they said, you deserve it. Have fun. And, and believe me, they love to come to visit here. They love Porto. And they both visited several times in the in this short year and nine months we've lived here. Very nice. And do you feel like there are there are times when you you want to get the family closer to where you're all living in Porto? Or are you okay with them kind of being in other states, if you will? Yeah, I mean, we kind of, you know, it's a hard thing to do to let the kids out of the nest and kind of detach. But my wife has done a crazy good job of that, far better than I ever imagined. And I'm I'm okay with it. They're very independent, thankfully. And with what we're doing now, like internet conversations, I mean, they have a three-way call two, two, three times a week with mom. Okay. I'm not yep. always involved, but you know, I, I wasn't at home either. So <laughs> right. they, they <laughs> traveling <laughs> on business, you know, I was kind of like not there all the time, but so they're very close and it's almost like being there. So okay. the world is small with technology today. And I'm assuming you've been able to visit them quite often, whether it be in England or Germany. How do you compare the prices of visiting them versus if they were living in a different state in the U.S. and you were having to travel from California to see them? Oh, very good. Well, obviously, it's very cheap to fly to see both daughters. Very cheap, okay. very easy. They've come here. We've met them in. We just met them in Spain for nine days, and we all three, you know, from different cities. All three of us yep. went from different places, and we had a blast. Awesome. Portugal was the most expensive option because I love to place in Ecuador. I love to place in Mexico. Portugal is the most expensive, but it's also the most culturally, historically rich uh, place as well and that we visited anyway. And um, as far as costs in Germany and England, England is off the charts. <laughs> Germany is is more than here as well. Uh 
And I hear California's gone crazy. We left really before the restaurants and things went nuts, before this big inflationary cycle. But we've had a lot of, we have not gone back. Okay. Boston's have, and we buy a bottle of wine at dinner for what they pay for one glass in Orange County. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, we just had guests here, and, and the most expensive bottle of wine was 25, and most of them were like 14 to 18. Yep. Exactly. I assume that you were eating at a, like a traditional Portuguese restaurant. For, uh, yeah, for that kind of pricing. Yeah. yeah, a little higher, maybe middle, middle. Right. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Were there any other family members that you had to consider before moving abroad, like yeah. parents maybe that you might have been concerned about? Yeah, great question. Both uh, sets of our parents uh, passed. Okay, so that did make it easier, especially I'm an only child, so that put extra pressure on me when you have separated parents that uh, are no longer remarried and they're also single in their old age. So that was, yep. so that has long passed me. I'm older than my wife and uh, her parents have passed too. So that did make it easier uh, okay. to be able to not have those ties back home. And will we live closer to our kids later, Josh? Maybe when grandkids come, but we're going to, we're going to have to like where they live and we're going to have to like the boy. <laughs> if those two things don't come together we we may not but we absolutely love it here so we're not seeing that happen yet well good i know there's one other consideration that we we have to talk about because i know some of your backstory and this is going to resonate with a lot of our listeners you have a pet Mm -hmm. what considerations did you have before moving with your pet and what are your considerations now in light of that (laughs) Well, yes, we have a pet, and the girl, the girls are very in love. And my wife basically said, "Dixie's not coming. I'm not coming." So, yeah. So I said, "Okay, well, the dog is coming, and I, I love our dog too. A awesome dog. It costs more to bring the dog than my wife, <laughs> and more hoops to bring my dog, bureaucracy to bring the dog than my wife. However." Love having it when we're here. However, it's high maintenance to plan a trip. You need a dog sitter. It adds to the cost of every trip. Yep, definitely. That type of thing. And we don't like to leave the dog at home alone for more than four to six hours max. So there's a little constraint while we're out having fun. And all of a sudden, we got to get back to the dog. Right. So those are the the pros and cons. It does put a, a little cramp on your travel and social life. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, we've found this, the same thing. Now, fortunately, we have a couple of friends who have done a great job at being available for us that we can drop off our dog mm. with them for a few days up to a month, mm-hmm. uh, which has been brilliant. Let's talk a bit about how you planned moving your dog. Uh, what types of resources were helpful in that process? And then what kind of cost did you incur getting your dog here? Well, you, you had to get uh, specific shots, um, which I don't want to comment on because who knows what's changed since we brought right. our, our dog on. So I, I'm not an expert at that anymore. But you also had to get the, um, oh, it's a federal food and drug for some reason. So, yep, there's an FDA certification. That's right. Yeah, we, Kaylee we, knows more about it than I do, but yes. Yeah, very official. I mean, they, they cramp, they, they, they stamp every page, emboss every page, like 12 pages, and they check the emboss on everything. It's very official, so that costs some money and time. You better time yep. it right, so nothing expires. Time's probably so, the bigger thing. Yes, mm-hmm. to put all the timing so nothing expires. And then when we landed in Porto, we came directly here. There is a vet office right there, and and we had to present all the paperwork, and we had to get it all officially, like the dog was here for her to clear. Uh, it's not customs, but for her to clear and bring the dog in. But after that, it's been fine. We paid for a license here, and it's been great. Good. They're very, okay. they're very so friendly you, here. They love dogs. <laughs> they love dogs. Yeah, really. Like among the cafe culture, yeah, you're always seeing pets and stuff around. The drawback is that uh, some owners don't pick up after their animals, so that's a negative. And I, I find that across Portugal. Mm-hmm. I don't think that one city that I've visited, and we've been to over 20 cities and towns mm. across the country. Wow. They haven't nailed how to enforce if people don't clean up after their animals. So that's a bit of a bummer. 
Right. I agree. I've seen the aftermath, but I've never seen it happen with the owner right next to him. And I'm afraid of what I might say or do if I saw one not pick up. And I've yet to (laughs) see that. I see the the aftermath, but yeah, that, that, that is a bummer. It is a bummer. Yeah. And you know what? To be fair, a friend of ours said that they reckon a lot of the problem comes from strays. Like if, if you're and, and this is more, I think, in towns than it is in the cities. Because mm. in cities, you don't often see strays. But in the towns, obviously, like, mm. yeah, no one's picking up after the stray dog because they don't even know when the dog's doing their business. When or where. So, <laughs> okay. So you've been in Portugal, in Porto for a year and a half, you said? Yeah, a little more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what What's the adaptation process been like? Well, I- well, my wife has done stellar because I've been to so many, you know, Asia, Africa, Latin America, so many times. It wasn't quite as shocking to me other than I've never had to go through the bureaucratic process and paperwork of, of doing sure. it. But yep. the adaptation process, there's so many people here that speak English that that has not been the struggle that I thought it would be or, or the challenge, I should say, not struggle. Mm. But, whoa. The only thing that I can say has been the greatest adaptation challenge for me is the slowness in communication or responses, email mm-hmm. or phoning or or not. Uh, you know, if they don't have an answer, they won't say, "Hey, I'm checking. I'll get back to you." And a week sure. can go by, you know, days and days and days. And Americans like to have immediate gratification, at least an acknowledgement. <laughs> So we're a very right. impatient culture. Uh, they're they're extremely uh, hyper polite and patient here. Yeah. What? So what specifically has been one of those instances where you have you've emailed someone, someone or called someone and not heard back? Mm, well, multiple utility setup or or you some, know, something like that. That was actually pretty easy. Internet, okay. TV, uh, water, uh, electricity. Pretty easy. I mean, it takes time. The other bureaucracy I say is when you move, when I bought our place, we had to go and change our address in two different places. One, you needed to have an appointment and you can literally wait hours. The same thing at the DMV, not too different from the United States. That's quite Mm -hmm. the the cluster uh, as well. We're lucky that we haven't hit any major stumbling blocks. We knew going in, things could take time and, and we let that. But the communication part probably is our building manager who you rely on to do mm. things right away. And, yeah. and just the response time has been um, absolutely, uh, you know, in our culture, pathetic. In theirs, maybe normal, maybe normal. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Although I think normal is, is relative in the sense that it's normal, but most baseline Portuguese would not be okay with like the level of speed things happen. Mm -hmm. I know that our landlord, for example, gets very frustrated with how slow things operate. However, he also acknowledges that it's normal that it takes so long to get things done. Right. So I want to, I want to make that distinction for the listener, you know, right. (laughs) Right. Okay. Because I, I, I find that the Portuguese all acknowledge that this happens, but it, it doesn't mean that they're complacent and happy with it. Mm-hmm. It's just that the person that you need to do that thing is complacent and happy with going at the pace they want to go with. Right, right, exactly. How's it been? Uh, how's it been making friends? Do you find that you have have made Portuguese friends as well as foreign friends? I mean, I'm assuming that it's easier to make foreign friends. It is like you. Okay, so I, I watched you and Kaylee before we moved here, and mm. I, man, these that couple has great energy, man. They don't have, they don't let their daughter get in the way. They just, they just live life. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and you said something once, and I've, and I've used your quote many times. It's like we need them, but they don't need us mm. because they grew up here. They have their friends, they have their family, they have the people they feel comfortable with. So they don't really feel the need to like uh, uh, gravitate towards us for social needs or for communication. You know, obviously right. different cultural his- histories in their lives than ours. So yes, yes, meeting expats or other foreigners is super easy. It's my wife calls them play dates and. 
And sometimes she gets so overwhelmed, she goes, no more play dates. I need a break. I need a break. You know, no more play dates. <laughs> so that's been great because everybody here has an adventurous spirit. You know, they, they, they yes. have a different outlook on life than, than normal. For example, I'd be bored out of my mind if I stayed home. If I was on uh, auto autopilot. I'd be bored. And yeah, I... I uh, as far as Portuguese friends, you asked that. I do have some, uh, but they're not the type of, so, hey, let's go have a beer. Let's go do this. We t- Like last night, uh, I was talking to the, the the manager of the Bowie Beach, the soccer team lives, and, and we started talking, and an hour passed, and we're still talking, you know, cool. that, that type of thing. So we run into each other randomly, and we'll have great conversations. But I can't say none of any of them have been great friends. I do... Well, I did go out several times because I'm volunteering. I'm teaching English, volunteering. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my students, half of them are Portuguese. And we go out afterwards and have a beer and, you know, they teach. That's, that's, that's a great way to learn about the culture, especially the, the current culture, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that they'll open up and they'll talk about, you know, historical things that, that we wouldn't know unless we crack a book on Portuguese history. Yeah. But – Man, to talk to people of all ages, especially the young people, and find out kind of what's happening currently and in mm-hmm. Portuguese pop culture, for example, mm-hmm. that's such a great way to do it. So, oh, yeah. tell we, us, tell us a couple things that you've learned. Yeah, let's we, hear it. We, we do that in class. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, we've had a lot of topics in class because it's conversational. Like, what, yeah. what, uh, what do you do with your elderly? And we talk about the healthcare systems. And when I talk about ours, because they're interested in learning, and it, it's part of the whole conversational uh, practice, like an exchange. They look at me like I'm—I just landed from Mars. They're like, mm. you know, they think I'm joking. They actually mm. think that I'm—I'm I'm making stuff up when I talk about the costs and the things here. Uh, my wife just had her boss and wife just leave here on Monday. They came to visit, and I found out she had um, asthma. From walking up and down these hills, we go into a pharmacy for a drug with good insurance, the discounted price. They were paying $675 a month, a month. We went into the pharmacy and the guy was embarrassed. He quoted him 61 euros. Right. And he was embarrassed that it was so high. So high. Yes. And the husband and wife looked at each other like, no, he didn't just say that. We'll take a dozen. Yeah, you're right, right. They bought a lot. They, they, they paid for their air, both of their airfares, by the way, the savings. So he looked at, and he said, if you're a resident, the price is cheaper because he felt so bad at 60. Yes. And I said, yes, well, I'm a resident. How much would it cost me? Well, he said, first, you would need a prescription because you're not, yeah. you know, as Asthmatic. a resident, you need a prescription. Bring in the prescription, 21 euros and 46 cents. Oh, man. 3% of what they're paying in the U.S. with the discounted insurance program. Wild. Are you, are you kidding me? The box came out, and it was the exact same logo and brand. It wasn't even a generic. Generic? Yeah. Wow. The only thing different it was in Portuguese, and the measurements were in metric. Done. Unbelievable. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So... Crazy. Any, any other any other things pop culture wise that the kids uh, or the, oh, the students have taught you? Oh, pop, I'm assuming oh, I'm assuming that the age range varies. Like oh, you, you have sure. I've had younger and older that are, students that are 22 all the way up to 60. Actually, okay, yeah, cool. Classes. That's so fun. So so sure, yeah. You know the I find when you say pop culture, yeah, if they start talking about music at a bar, I have no clue who the musicians are, that type of thing. But they all music the or sing the same song as far as the opportunities here are not great for them. Yep. They yep. all dream of traveling. They all dream of living overseas, especially working overseas because their opportunities to make more money or save more money are higher. Yeah. And obviously they're in English class, so they want to expand their ability to move overseas or work overseas yep. or, or to earn more money. But they say we can work our you know rear ends off at school, do way better than a lot of our peers. But at the end of the day, we get the same jobs, the same salary. So it really demotivates them to do any better than the next guy because they're not going to earn or progress in their jobs any faster or any better than the students who sloughed off 
the entire time. It's that equilibrium thing. Yeah. And uh, they did a poll of all the nursing students here and 65% of them want to leave the country. That's right. After all the taxpayers' money paid for them to be trained as nurses. I think that's kind of disheartening, you know, because you know, where are they going? They're going to Spain, Germany, you know, France. England. England. Mm-hmm. Oh, England's a mm-hmm. big one. Big, big mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. And they earn three, four times as much. We're, we're friends with a couple of Portuguese doctors here. In their first four years, they make $1,200 a month mm. as a doctor for the first at least four to five years. That's rough. That's amazing. That is rough. That's amazing. Well, it, it you know, and, and it's it's tricky, right? Because, like you said, there, the equilibrium there there is a balance. There is a very positive side of of living here, but there's also this other side that not many people talk about. That you're kind of pulling the veil back on a bit, mm-hmm. where it's it's hard for the the average Portuguese person to to make it, or like you said, the students are are unmotivated or demotivated because of the opportunities that currently exist in the country. Mm-hmm. And without talking to people and without having, having these types of conversations, you won't know this. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, that, that's right. Yeah. So the common theme, when you say pop culture, the common thing theme in the youth is there, there's a, a, some angst, there's some anxiety, there's some like, mm. I don't want to get stuck in the routine as my older cousins or what, my parents that I saw, you know, that they're capped on their, their income, no matter how hard they work, mm-hmm. they want that freedom of opportunity. They want that American—you could call it the American dream. You know, the ability to skip class, to work harder, and go further in life. They—they they all desire that. That seems to be the underlying theme. And when they meet Westerners, I think they use that as a platform to vent about those things. Maybe I don't know if they talk about that amongst themselves as well, but I would imagine they do. I would absolutely imagine they do. I've had these same conversations with with younger Portuguese too, mm. or even ones that are middle aged who who did spend time abroad and then came back. Mm. And they're like, yeah, a huge motivating factor was being able to 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 do what what the twenty four twenty five year olds are are trying to do now. Uh, so they went, they worked abroad, they made some money, and then they've come back when they're a little more established and have some experience, can demand a little higher wages. Uh, okay. Super sharp so, people, super sharp kids, though. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, let's talk a bit about AFPOP because this is an organization that you volunteer for that helps out with foreigners, kind of integrate in Portuguese culture, learn about Portuguese society, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, and and also have a big insurance benefit uh, well, if like people jump on the plan. Yeah, like policy type. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's talk about that. How did you get involved with AFPOP? What is AFPOP? Because I'm sure I did a bad job of describing it. So tell us about it. AFPOP, you know, most people don't even know what the acronym is, but the P is for property. It was founded like 30 to 40 years ago by the British who were going to the Algarve en masse, you know, 30 years ago. It was a tax haven here for them. And uh, it grew to be over 10,000 members. It's the largest expat or you know immigrant organization in Portugal, but it's mm. predominantly in the Algarve. I learned about it when I was starting to watch you from Orange County, California, and it sounded good. So I joined, but I joined only to have access to their insurance program. Mm. And once I got here, I, it's like AAA. You get a lot of benefits, discounts for this, recommended lawyers, accountants, and and uh, car auto shops, and and they give discounts like AAA. And but none of them, well, very few of them were in Porto. I use it to rent a car a couple times, and it saved me more than my annual fee. However, so I just contacted the the, the president. I said, Hey, how come there's nothing up here? And he explained that there weren't that many members up here and they haven't had that much opportunity. He goes, well, would you like to volunteer and be a, an event organizer to help build the community in Porto? Because in the Algarve, and the towns are small, eight to 12,000 each. They have get-togethers of 100 people easily. Mm. These British have been there for 20, 25 years. It's common. Up here, you yep. You meet an American or someone who's been here for over five, they're an old timer. Yeah, that's right. So it's it's fairly new up here, but it's growing by the week. Uh, and we have events and 
you know, tours and get togethers, somewhat like, like yours. Uh, mm-hmm. but there are people who live here. Typically, there's no one scouting, no one looking. Yep. You know, and we just put a little new or FPOP puts my newsletter out to the members. Okay. There's about 175, maybe up to 200 members now. Okay. In Porto. Yeah. In Por- in Northern Porto. So that, that includes the surrounding area as well. Okay. Nice. Okay. So Northern Portugal, the surrounding area, metro area of Porto. And they pretty much in. all do it. Like down in the Algarve, 70% of them have the insurance. Up here, it's like 100%. Because the real reason is to have access to and, and the service level and the cost of the insurance is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Sweet. And the service okay. So uh, to give people an example, to give the, the listener an example of some of the events that are put on uh, tomorrow, we are going to visit the Superbach factory and we're going to do a Superbach tour from three to five, right? Yep. And uh, there's a discounted rate because normally Superbach charges 10 euros. And uh, with the group rate, I think it's like 10 or more people. Yeah. Uh, it's seven euros. Right. A little bit of beer, some snacks. I believe it's like a cheese and beer pairing or something that's like what that. It says on the internet. So that's what it, yeah, exactly. That's what it says on the internet. I haven't done it. Uh, I'm going to do it actually tomorrow with Jamie. So that should be a lot of fun. To let everyone know, to let the listener know that the type of insurance it is, it's a, it is a health insurance, right? Is it an Allianz product? Yes, it's specifically Allianz and it's a customized thing that they negotiate the brokers so fpop is not an insurance company uh they linked up with a, a a broker an agency like we have agencies that represent allianz and they negotiated a customized package mm-hmm. and there's different there's four different levels depending on what you want includes dental and vision and all the support which is not normal is all in english all the literature is in english you're very clear on what your coverages are and yeah. when you put a claim in, if you go, say, out of, uh, what is it called? Out of network. Yep. Um, I mean, you literally get your money. If it takes five working days, they took a long time. It's two to three working days. The money hits your bank. Auto deposit. Sweet. It's Yeah. It, the system here is so much better than the U.S. and the service. The service. So be sure to use your travel credit card so that you can uh, you can get points, right? Mm. Yes. Pay it off. Pay it off your travel credit card. Then you get the cash back, and then you pay your bill, and you're all good. I do. Another another example of an event that AFPOP puts on is going to be on July 4th. So July 4th, expats everywhere and AFPOP are putting on an event together to celebrate July 4th. You don't have to be American to show up, but we're going to meet up down by the the riverside, right? In Porto, yeah. Uh, can you tell us the name of the venue? It's Monchique, right? Monchique yeah, Bar Monchique. and Resto. Oh, I like your pronunciation. Like I would have Monchique. I would have chopped that up. Monchique <laughs> along the river, probably about from five to nine. But I'm sure people will be hanging out. Some of them till midnight because we've got a yep. festive crowd here. And I anticipate this might be the largest. It could be if we do it right. It could be the if largest right. gathering that either one of us have ever seen, possibly. For sure, if. If all the listeners that are listening to this now show up July 4th, then it's going to be, it's going to pop off. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll meet there. We'll, we'll have food and drink and, uh, it's, it's pay as you go and we'll have a great time and, uh, yeah, just celebrate the fact that we're in Portugal all together celebrating independence day for the U S absolutely seems a bit, seems a bit wild, but we're going to do it. Yeah. We'll, we'll share, we'll share our American culture just before we hit. No, actually, it'll be after Sao Joao. So Sao Joao, oh, right, right, is in oh. yeah, is in June, oh, and that, that is an amazing that is an amazing Portuguese festival. That is people get over their hangover. Yes, it's uh, it's very unique to to uh, Porto specifically. Yeah, we'll, we hit each we hit each over we hit each other over the head with hammers. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah, toy hammers. That is fun. That is fun. Hammers, nonetheless. Okay, so how did you get involved in uh, in property and real estate in Portugal? Right, you're you're invested. Yep, we bought one, and we're thinking about buying another. Okay. Uh, and so we actually just started looking about a week ago. I have not been on ID La Vista in since we got here on uh, Idealista a year and a half. Yeah, Idealista. Yeah, we. When we first got here, we had a six-month lease like a lot of people do, sometimes 12. 
And so we pretty much started looking right away because we knew we wanted to buy a place. We liquidated our house in California and we wanted to downsize and we downsized to about 30% of what we had in the U.S. without a garage. We had a three-car garage, so we really downsized as far as storage. So, and we love it. It's Euro-style living and it's simple living and and, uh, it's nice. But we spent two months and we learned the city. We learned uh, not only street names, but we learned the block numbers. And we looked around and we said, oh, we don't like that street. It's either too busy or too shady, that type of thing. Uh, Mm. And then when we liked the neighborhood or the building and the building, I should say, we would look inside. Yeah. So we pretty much knocked two months, almost full time doing it. Yeah. And uh, nice. So yeah, you you took your time, did deep research. And it sounds like you, you have one property, you're going after a second property and you feel confident that there's not as big of a bubble as people make it out to be, or there's not going to be a burst of the bubble. Well, I do have a little concern of that. Okay. And I have people saying, oh, wait six months, eight months, see where this is. Because, you know, we're near an edge, but if we don't go off the edge, hopefully mm. you'll know, you'll see more clearly in six to eight months. Yeah. I find the problem with that is we heard that in 2021. Yeah. And the only thing that happened in 2021 is things got more expensive here in Portugal. Yes. Yeah. You've been right? longer than, than us. It, 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 it's, yes, there is a lot of money pouring into Porto, literally mm. from all over the world. Uh, mm-hmm. China just bought a gigantic hotel here, some Chinese groups. Is Israel is investing. Yep. Obviously, we are as well, the Americans, and it's growing. The economy is very vibrant. The crane's everywhere. It, yes. So it, I think we have a lot of resilience, put it that way, probably more than most of Europe. That's even in the news. that It's portrayed in the news that way. The yeah. Portugal yeah, yeah. has been a little bit more resilient than, than others. But uh, Totally agree. Totally agree. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to hear more about your your building project uh, and be able to fill you in on what's happening on our side with our building project. Yeah. I want to re- I want to hear more about that. That is exciting. But you, you've you got a, whoo, that's a chance. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I need to rope you into it. Yeah. Okay. So if anybody in our audience wants to contact you, is the best way just via email to find out more about AFPOP or anything else? Sure. Yeah. Feel free to give out my email to your listeners and your sub- subscribers, and I'll be happy to answer any questions for them. No problem. All right. Awesome. Jamie, thank you so much for spending time with us. I have one more question for you. Okay. At Expats Everywhere, we believe that living abroad transforms lives. How has living abroad transformed your life? Woo. Just this morning at breakfast, I said to my wife, looking out of our view, I said, can you believe we did this? And I was thinking she'd say no, but she said, yes. It, because of my travel, you know, it's awesome for me, but I love sharing it with my wife. And I love her learning about things that I thought were fairly basic, you know, but she's learned so much about culture, language, geography. Americans are typically pretty, sorry, kind of naive on, on these things. And uh, it, it's really expanded me for sure i mean i'm visiting new new countries a couple i've added two since i've been here but you know it's, i've been to several for the other times to share it with my wife so just uh oh, wow the exposure it's a dream come true for me and yes and i can see it in the eyes of all the people that we're going to portuguese school with every week we're going there right now i'm leaving in five minutes to go again and we're going to go take a tour of the boat down by the river which you should do too it's only here for i'm going days. to yes i'm going to yeah we're i going. just found out about it uh but yeah we're going to there's a parade Sagarish boat yeah there's a bunch of stuff tomorrow uh is or, or saturday too so yep. that's going to be fun jamie thanks and we really appreciate your time So listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal. We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up. And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. 
Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the Digital Nomad Visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the Digital Nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off. So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on. And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course so that it doesn't fall out of date. Well, I have to because they're always changing things and so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials, and if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere Presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions. Expats Everywhere researches our guests, and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts. 